0: This is Colossus, and you are listening to The High Regard Show. (laughs) The High Regard Show. It's... No restrictions. No restrictions. No restrictions. Oh, I love this no no restrictions thing, man.
1: Check out The High Regard Show. New episodes every Monday.
0: Hey everybody, I'm Tom.
1: And I'm Nikki. And this
0: is the High Regard Show.
1: In which we talk about things we hold in high regard. Very high. High above Harlem. Way up on
0: the third floor.
1: Moving on up.
0: Oh, it don't get better than that.
1: No, sir, it doesn't. And
0: show 62.
1: Hello, hello.
0: Hope you guys all uh, endured your turkey day. Indeed. Uh, Made it through. Mm -hmm.
1: I don't even want to think about it. It's over. I don't even want to think about it anymore.
0: Yeah, not all of us made it through. (laughs) (laughs) Barely. We
1: barely made it through.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. But it's all good, though. It's over now. And now we look ahead to our holiday festivities. As you know, it was the Gateway show last week, and now the gates are thrown open. and
1: (laughs) The hounds of Christmas hell have been released.
0: Yes, so (laughs) there we have it. So this week we have a Pretty packed show because we Nikki did. did a long interview.
1: I did. I did. It was a, re- I, I had a lot of fun doing this interview. Like it was very, very interesting. A lot more interesting than like one would think going into it because it was just like, okay, you know, I'm talking about this certain thing. And then it was like, holy shit, like there's a lot of stuff that like is really interesting about it. So,
0: yeah, and what's crazy is, is that before I listened to the interview, I was like, you talk to this guy a half an hour about this subject. Like, how is it even possible to fill a half an hour with the subject? <laughs> then I was listening to it and I was like, man, it went by so quick, right? Really like, it went did. by really
1: fast. So, and there's a little special conversation, like on the inside, like you know, toward the end. That, like, oh wait, no, that's the wrong interview.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sure, it is. Well, now there's a really it's it's hidden. So you gotta listen really, really hard for it. Is what it is. <laughs> It's a very hidden conversation that you have to watch for. I am
1: so dumb. (laughs) I have, like, so much shit going on in my head right now. Like, just prep for the show, work stuff. Like, it's just so crazy right now.
0: There's a lot of stuff going on. But I feel like we should know because every year at this time of year, we run through the same kind of roadblocks every single year. Everything gets busy. The schedule gets tight. And then, you know, like, tonight I come home from work and you and I have to have this conversation about... What are we going to have for dinner on Christmas Day? Christmas Day is like four weeks away. Have, I don't even know what I'm having for dinner tonight. And I, we have talked about Christmas Day. You have
1: dietary restrictions that people need to plan for.
0: Yeah. It's pretty much whatever you can fit on, four tablespoons, I'll eat it. Just give me four tablespoons of food. We're set for Christmas dinner. Don't make a big deal out of
1: it. Oh, my God. You're such an asshole. But it's
0: what it is, though. It's okay. like, so why go so crazy Oh, my over God. It.
1: Shut up.
0: Tom wants lobster bisque. Mm. That's what it is, which I had yesterday. And, it and was I had the rest, rest of it. Damn good.
1: I had the rest of it because I'm your garbage bale. <laughs> well, it was, I had more than half of it left over. What was I
0: going to do, man? It was from the soup Nazi of you all people. You should go there
1: every day for lunch and bring it home for me. If
0: I went there every day for lunch, I would have to start selling blood right now. <laughs> and in a month from now, they'd be siphoning nothing but lobster bisque from me. So it doesn't make any sense to go there every day. Well, there you go. So let's get into you heard, and then we will... Start getting into our interview. You
1: you heard! Heard! Okay, so this week's you heard really has nothing to do with anything, but. <laughs> I just like, I don't know, I'm just finding it funny. So it comes to us from the elevator at 40 Wall Street, which is an office building that I used to work at once upon a time, once upon a nightmare, and it is as follows. Pork prices, how do they compare to ours? (laughs) Like, I heard the craziest shit in that elevator, so... Yeah, There was a nugget for you. Was there any follow-up on that? Did
0: anybody? Did you hear whether or not their pork prices were comparable or if they were?
1: No, I was too busy writing down the quote in my phone to listen to the rest of it because I was like, there's the money shot.
0: (laughs) The money shot would have been to find out, like, do we need to invest in pork?
1: Yeah, I didn't care.
0: Because then you could have been like, hey, do you work for, uh, say, hey, I couldn't help overhearing your conversation. You work for Honeywell, right? And he would have been like, no, I don't. I work for whatever. And then you could have been like, oh, I know what to invest in now. Little trick. And that's a lesson inside of a You Heard. No secret message needed.
1: And it's also <laughs> Tom talking during my segment. So thank you for that. That's this week's You Heard. <laughs> So this week's interview,
0: you just jump right on. Man. I'm going to. All right,
1: <laughs> I gotta take it when I can. When you grab the bull by the horns. So this week I spoke to Phil Sklar, who is the co-founder and CEO of the Wait for It National Bobblehead Hall of Fame and Museum. It's true. It's true. It is. Right now, um, the museum does not have you know um, a physical home, but you can go to their website and. Um, You know, which is bobbleheadhall.com and just check out some of the like, you know, things that he like some of the bobbleheads that he and his co-founder Brad have, you know, in their uh, collection. I don't know why I'm like, I'm getting (laughs) all like amped up. You're so so excited about (laughs) the bobbleheads. It's
0: Like, it's just like, wow, (laughs) you are like
1: hyped. It is. And like, because, you know, like I'm not like I'm a collector of like things like green glass ashtrays and pens and weird things but like we have we do have a a couple bobbleheads between us you know mostly sports related because when we go to when we would go to islander games on like specific bobblehead nights we have that and stuff and you know we're we keep them in the box we've never taken them out and everything like that so like it's really interesting that like number one there was a bobblehead hall of fame you know, well, there's be. going to be, but there's one online, you know, and people can, yes. and they have members and stuff and you could join and you get like a special bobblehead when you become a member and, you know, you get access to, you know, just a lot of like a database of like just all the bobbleheads. So like all these people who are like obsessed with bobbleheads and they're actually called bobblehead addicts, which is <laughs> like so funny. But the reason that like, you know, we, 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 we talked to Phil is because they sold like they have a limited edition Home Alone bobbleheads for the holiday season and like only a, a few were made um they have they come in Harry, Marv and Kevin and they have 5000 Kevin and 3000 of Harry and Marv and you know this movie is like one of the top grossing movies of all time it's beloved by like billions of people including phil it's one of his favorite movies yeah, that's a
0: huge following yeah
1: it has a huge following and it's like a holiday staple so like this limited edition and like they look fantastic like a lot of times like you know we get these islander bobbleheads and it's like they don't really look like the people but these like this looks like you know joe pesci macaulay Culkin, and daniel stern and or bruce daniel what is his name
0: well, I don't know. You're the one who's like <laughs> know, going no, on did. and on.
1: <laughs> I know. But, like,
0: did you put it into the Google Doc? I did. That put oh, well, maybe, maybe that's
1: why. Maybe that's the thing.
0: Maybe for the future. You know,
1: so Joe Pesci, Macaulay Culkin, and the other guy, Daniel Stern, and or whatever
0: his name is. I don't the know. Other, you know the other one.
1: <laughs> the one thing I forgot to look up. But yeah, they look really, really cool. So you should definitely go to bobbleheadhall.com and let's cut to the interview.
0: All right, roll that fabulous bean footage.
2: Hey, Nikki. It's Phil from the Babblehead Hall of Fame. How are you?
1: Good, Phil. How are you? Thanks so much for speaking to the High Regard Show.
2: Oh, no. Thank you for having me.
1: Well, I would love to start, um, you know, by telling me a little bit about how you got into bobbleheads and what is it about them that you like so much?
2: Yeah, so, um, you know, me and the other co-founder have always been uh, sports fans and uh, we're friends growing up and he was working for a minor league baseball team that started to give away bobbleheads about a dozen years ago. Okay. And, uh that one really started the collection. We both went to the same college here in Milwaukee uh, and would circle the Babelhead dates on the calendar and uh, built up our collection a little bit at a time. Uh, Then they sort of started overtaking our condo that we shared and (laughs) uh, sort of we decided what can we do uh, to share this collection, what can we do with the collection overall and what can we uh, do to share with the public, not just put them in boxes or, right. you know, figure out what to do with them. So we uh, developed this idea for the Hall of Fame Museum dedicated to bobbleheads. Uh,
1: and had you ever collected anything, you know, before this this love yeah. of bobbleheads?
2: Yeah, so I've always been, I guess my dad got me into collecting baseball cards. Okay. Um, and I, you know, collected some other sports collectibles and things before bobbleheads. Um, so I've always had sort of that collector's mentality mm-hmm. and uh, just found it fun to you know add bobbleheads to the collection that we enjoyed and then it was you know our collection just started, kept growing and growing as, <laughs> you know we'd reach out to teams and tell them about the collection and they'd send us more bobbleheads and um uh, they were coming in faster than we can could, oh wow <laughs> get them. and then sort of at the same time as that happened we um uh, set out to make a bobblehead or bobbleheads of a good friend of ours and a special Olympian and mm-hmm. manager for uh, the school that we went to, uh, sports teams. And so during that experience, we realized there was a need for uh, in the market for somebody to create bobbleheads that weren't for the sports teams. Right. Uh, so we put those two ideas together to develop the Hall of Fame Museum concept and business.
1: And when was that was that like in like 2014 or was that before that
2: yeah that was in november uh, of okay. 2014 when we announced it we had spent about six months uh behind the scenes sort of testing the idea and refining it getting things uh you know set up and then in uh just before november when we were set to launch we both left our corporate jobs uh, we had several other bobblehead projects going on, so we uh, took the leap and announced our plans and, uh, you know, got things moving.
1: And now this is your day job?
2: Yes. Awesome. Yes Now it's a day job, uh, a night job, and weekend job, uh, <laughs> what we're focused on all the time, and uh, you know, trying to make, you know, more Biblehood projects and, right. you know, get new customers and uh, get the Hall of Fame Museum up and off the ground.
1: And what was your very first bobblehead?
2: Uh, so the first one that we got in the collection or the first one that we created?
1: Um, the first one that you got in your collection, like the very first one that you personally got.
2: Yep, so that would be the Racco the r- Riverhawk um, bobblehead that the minor league team in Rockford first gave away. Okay.
1: Awesome. Um, And do you have your own bobblehead, like one of yourself?
2: Yep, we do. We have uh, actually several hundred (laughs) of them. There are many bobbleheads that we give out as business cards, um, (laughs) as our name, phone number, email address on them.
1: Oh my god, that's Uh, awesome. (laughs) And um, what is your most prized bobblehead in your collection?
2: Uh, well, I guess that first one is probably, I mean, even though it's not the highest value, it's mm-hmm. sort of the most uh, sentimental. Um, but in terms of value, we have several prototypes and rare older bobbleheads that are you know, worth into the thousands of dollars wow. each, um, you know, which are, some of them, irreplaceable. replaceable. Okay.
1: And what is it that you do, you know, that you like about them so much? You know, what, what kind of, yeah. you know, strikes you about them?
2: Yeah, I think there's a couple things. There's simple, which is, you know, interesting because they've captivated so many people, Mm -hmm. yet they've been the same for so long. (laughs) Right. Uh, They've always just been, you know, sort of a body, a spring, and a head. Right. Um, And there's not many other toys or items like that where they've been, you know, around and gained in popularity over time um, that just have sort of remained the same. Right. And there's been... Uh, you know, definitely more creative creativity and uh, unique babbleheads over the years, uh, especially more recently as uh, you know, technology has advanced
3: and right. so forth.
2: But in general, they've yeah, they I mean, remain the same. But people still continue to <laughs> to enjoy them and. And
1: love them. No, that's good, you know, because they're not going to be replaced by, you know, the next installment, like, say, like an Apple iPhone or something like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or, uh,
2: you know, uh, uh, some fad like the Beanie Baby. Right. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, Furby or something like that.
1: <laughs> and, you know, um, what is the status of finding a permanent space for um, the Bobblehead Hall of Fame and Museum?
2: Yeah, so we had a preview exhibit January through April Mm -hmm. this year that went over really well. We had several thousand people come through during the period uh, that we were open, and we had uh, dozens of exhibits in the largest ever public display of bobbleheads.
3: Oh, wow. Um, And it
2: was really well received. And so now we're scouting out locations in the downtown Milwaukee area for the permanent spot. Um, Given the manufacturing side of the business, we've had to sort of weigh those two and Mm -hmm. uh, devote our time, sort of split it between, you know, doing the custom bobblehead business and finding the location and getting it set up. Um, We have several locations that are sort of in play that we're trying to finalize uh, where we'll be and when we'll open. Uh, Right now it's looking like for sure 2017. Um, exact spot and exact opening date we haven't nailed down yet uh, and we'll be spending a lot more time uh, in the new year, January really trying to nail that down and get that set up
1: Okay, great. And, you know, last week, obviously, you know, we kind of met via email because I received a press release about you guys releasing the first ever Home Alone bobbleheads featuring Kevin, Harry, and Marv. How did this limited edition set come to be? I know, um, you know, you said it was about two years in the making. So how did that come about?
2: Yeah, so I'm a huge Home Alone fan. I've always enjoyed the movie. Um, I remember seeing Home Alone uh, in the theaters when Mm -hmm. it came out originally. And, you know, nobody at the time knew what it was going to sure. sort of turn into. <laughs> um, but it sort it always captivated me. I thought, you know, I mean, it's just a fun uh, movie that evokes a lot of memories for a lot of people. Right. Um, and so it was a natural, a natural fit to look into, uh, see whether we could create Home Alone bobbleheads. Mm-hmm. Since none had ever been created, there's been you know, bobbleheads of other... Uh, iconic movies like Rocky and uh, Star Wars and so forth, but sure. never Home Alone Bobblehead. So we set out, you know, down that path. And with movies, it's somewhat difficult because you have to get approvals and uh, from the studios, which mm-hmm. are hard to get in contact with, and uh, sometimes from the individual actors as well, which, you know, obviously you can't just... Uh, always call them up and, <laughs> and get their approval. so sure. that process took quite a while. We had actually originally hoped to have them for last year and last year was the twenty fifth anniversary of home alone right um, which is hard to believe but um, <laughs> we you know we couldn't get the necessary approvals in time and get them manufactured in time for last year. so we uh, sort of rebooted and spent this year gearing up for the launch and uh, getting ready and you know, I think it turned out well because we were able to do all three characters last year. We would likely have only been able to do Kevin. Right. Uh, and the feedback and reception has just been great. Uh, it's Just to see, you know, people's reaction when they're getting the bobblehead and the feedback from them so now they're starting to, to receive them. They just started uh, shipping last week when they went on sale and, uh, you know, they're going to be a great holiday gift that. Uh, are gonna blow Home Alone
1: fans away. Yeah I definitely think so I mean just the pictures of them they look so realistic like it's just like you could see the movie in your head and you know it kind of gets you excited so that's really really cool that they're you know being received really well because I know that the movie has such a rabid fan base like I I never realized that until I started researching it. it was like wow so many people like love this movie.
2: Yeah, it's uh, you know, and we've been monitoring and paying even closer attention than, than we would normally would. But I mean, there's not there's not too many movies where people constantly on a day by, day basis go to the you know the filming site. Uh, the Home Alone house is one of the you know highly visited. Yeah, see pictures on Instagram and Twitter of people uh, making a pilgrimage there from all over the place. Um,
1: <laughs> Have you ever made it since you're such a super fan?
2: Yes, I've been there a couple times. I've taken other people there who, you know, from out of town or who wanted to go there. Uh, first time I went there was probably eight or ten years ago, uh, and it's only about an hour and a half away from where I grew up, and also now in Milwaukee. Uh, so it's and it's on the way to Chicago. So uh, you know, it's been. Uh, and then there's other sites and that right around that area where they film the church. Uh, And the uh, store where he stole the toothbrush, although that's no longer, uh, or never, I don't know if it ever was, but it was turned into a Panera bread and now it's uh, an open storefront.
1: Oh, gosh.
2: Uh, Yeah, it's it's interesting to see. And then, you know, when you look on Instagram and uh, on social media, just all the people posting, uh, watching it, or um, with their. You know, Merry Christmas! Your filthy animal sweaters, or, <laughs> uh, shirts, or um, you know, posters that they have up. So, yeah, it's, um, it's interesting to see what the movie turned into. And even uh, you know, Home Alone by playing with an orchestra. Uh, I think last year was the first year, maybe second year that they did that. Um, I think it's in about ten cities this year where the city's orchestra plays the score while the movie is.
1: Oh my they gosh, it was in that's Milwaukee cool! Last
2: year, and it was a it was just a phenomenal experience, and sold out. And I think this year they've had really good reception as well in all the cities that going to or will be at. Um, and that just sort of shows the the power of the movie and how many people right. uh, relate to it or really enjoy it.
1: And of course, since this is a limited edition series, you know, there's only so many Kevin's, um, you know, and um, Marv and oh my gosh I just totally blanked Harry. Harry Harry and Marv I totally just blanked I'm sorry um you oh, know yeah. so there's only a limited edition do you think that if you know um, if the response just overwhelms the amount that you have for sale will you, is it something that you might create like a second edition for next year or anything
2: yeah definitely I think we've we've already thrown that idea around uh, there's a lot of other characters in the movie that mm-hmm. uh, generated you know a lot of buzz uh, I guess. <laughs> Buzz being one of them, but no, there's <laughs> definitely other characters uh, and other uh, you know outfits. There's Home Alone Two, which also has, you know, I mean, the same characters and
3: uh, right. that
2: sort of same feeling because it was, yeah, you know, another w- well-received movie. A lot of people, some people even like Home Alone Two better than Home Alone One. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, there's certainly a lot more that can be done in the series, and we'll definitely uh, sort of evaluate that. Especially after the holiday season, right? And based on you know, sales so far, you know, there's a good chance they won't last past the holiday season, which would definitely bode well for a second series.
1: Sure. And what you know, aside from you know, getting the licensing from the studio and you know, approval from the actors and things, for you know, special editions like this, you know, what is kind of the process of creating such a thing?
2: Yeah. So I guess it just—I mean—it really starts out with the idea. Uh, you know, there's so many different ideas for any product in general, but for, you know, bobbleheads, we look at characters and mascots and, uh, you know, movie characters or celebrities and things of that nature and, uh, you know, sort of brainstorm and come up with the idea. And then from there, sort of a design, what do we want the bobblehead to look like? Uh, What do we want the packaging to look like? Mm -hmm. And, you know, bring that idea to the studio Um, in this case we sort of went a roundabout way because um, so all the characters in Home Alone had already or are sort of uh, free game when it comes to Home Alone making or 20th Century Fox making products based off Mm of 20th Century Fox can make a Harry and Marv bobblehead or a Harry and Marv action figure or you know, t-shirt with Harry and Marv. Um, when Macaulay Culkin originally signed on to do the movie and in his contract, he had rights to approve or refuse future products. Uh, so his approval is needed for basically anything that 20th Century Fox makes, uh, Home Alone related. Um, so that sort of delayed the process. So basically... 20th Century Fox just has to approve it and say, yep, we're good with this, and work out a royalty arrangement where you pay them a certain amount for every bobblehead produced or sold. Um, And then from there, once you get that taken care of, it's more of just uh, getting them produced and shipped and uh, released and delivered again.
1: And so basically, Macaulay technically gave his okay for this then, because he had that in his contract all those years ago.
2: Correct. Oh, that's awesome.
1: So,
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was sort of one of the... I mean, he's uh, not really in the... Um, I guess not really doing anything in the acting world. He's not right. active with his agents and stuff, as you know, some of the other actors are, so it, that sort of took a while to... get all the approvals necessary
1: and you know talking about a little bit about manufacturing you know you guys sell dozens of bobbleheads on your site um and you know you do the custom orders so you ship them out to like a manufacturer to build them is that how that works okay
2: yep so we uh have a graphic designer that we work with um who creates the design based on our specifications um and then from there uh We send it to the uh, factory that we work with, and they'll send send us pictures of the mold. uh, So the bobblehead basically takes about uh, a day for them to create a clay mold based off the pictures um, and the design. And from there, we can tweak it. You know, if something doesn't look right, if Mm -hmm. the hair's wrong or the eyes or, you know, we want to see something change.
1: And is the client involved in this process, too? Like, do they get to see, you know, this back-end process as well?
2: Yep. So when we create a babblehead for, you know, like a restaurant that we just did one for in our hometown uh, of their mascot, they'll see everything during the process and be able to make the same, you know, changes if they think something looks off uh, as well. And then, and in this case, you know, Home Alone case, 20th Century Facts, does a pr- or, Yeah. Uh, Approves it as well. Okay. Uh, So they'll look at it and, um, you know, I think we're a little bit more detail-oriented because we're the ones ultimately that will be selling it. Sure. But, you know, they're making sure that everything, you know, conforms from the licensing and the, you know, just a general perspective because they don't want it, something that doesn't look great for their brand out there. Right. Uh, But then once that's approved, uh, it's painted, and then the same process where they'll, The client and customer uh, will have the ability to make changes if colors don't look right, or they want to see something tweaked. Um, And then the same thing with the Uh, backs; that backs is designed and then goes through that same process. Oh
1: wow, that's awesome! So how long? Like, say, you know, I just wanted to order one, um, you know, a custom one for a friend or something. You know, like generally, how how long does that process take?
2: Yeah, so one off generally can get done in about uh, 30 days. Oh wow! Forty-five days. Uh, a larger order, we can generally get done in ninety days. Uh, so, like five hundred or a thousand,
3: mm-hmm. or you
2: know, even larger than that, ninety days. Uh, something over that, we like to allow about uh, hundred days or hundred ten days. Okay.
1: And you know, of the dozens of bobbleheads that you sell on your site, and you know, with the custom ones, what is the is the most popular that sells?
2: Um, So we've had several sell out. Um, So some of the ones that we've seen sell the best are ones that are focused on a certain event or memory. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Wisconsin men's basketball made it to -to back-to-back Final Four. Uh, Final Fours, and we did a bobblehead of the mascot with the Final Four logos, and that sold out really quickly. Um, Malcolm Butler from the Patriots, had an iconic interception in the Super Bowl that saved the game, um, and that one sold out extremely quickly. So sort of the ones focused on moments or, Mm -hmm. you know, ones that are iconic, like the Home Alone ones, generally, you know, perform the best. Okay.
1: And I can't help but ask, you know, because of the kerfuffle over the election and everything. So popular vote versus Electoral College. Who sold more, Clinton or Trump?
2: Uh, So we sold more Clintons. We're almost out of Clinton. Um, We have more Trumps left, um, for sure. But, uh, some of that could also be based off of how many of each, how many different variations of each of the candidates were out there. (laughs) Um, so there was a lot of people who made Trump bobbleheads just because he was always in the news. I mean, even Hillary was out there too, but people were having look like from the bobblehead side, more fun with Trump. Um, so that could have played a, a role in it, but yeah, we definitely had more, uh, more Hillary sold. And Bernie was probably the second highest. Uh, so for us, it was uh, Hillary, Bernie, uh, and then Trump. <laughs>
1: oh, if That's only. <laughs> um, and, you know, um, how many um, memberships do, or members do you have on online right now?
2: Yeah, so we're approaching a 1,000 members. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a big spike initially, and we mm-hmm. sort of tailed off just a bit, which we think once we open a permanent location that'll pick up again. Right. Um uh, we have members in close to four we're over forty states now, um, uh, who have signed up and become uh paying members who get the membership benefits and everything. But um uh, yeah, it's been exciting to see the that not just people in our region or in, in Milwaukee are uh, right jumping on board to support the Hall of Fame Museum by becoming a member
1: and you know how um like people who are like fans of something like jimmy buffett's fans are called parrot heads and mm-hmm. you know the kiss army and everything like that is there is there a nickname for people who collect bobbleheads
2: uh so there's sort of bobblehead addict is okay. uh one of the the main sort of discussion board facebook group that um uh, bobblehead collectors and that's sort of the the name that bobblehead collectors have taken on uh, the diehard bobblehead collectors and there's bobblehead addict t-shirts and <laughs> right. uh, bumper stickers and so forth and we've partnered with them um and work you know works hand in hand with them to uh on several different initiatives so yeah bobblehead addict
1: all right yeah. <laughs> and finally um or no, not finally. Can you um, do? You have you know any specific plans for National Bobblehead Day on January seventh? This is going to be the second annual National Bobblehead Day. Uh,
2: uh, yep, this will be the third actually. Oh, third. Okay. Um, yeah, so we're geared towards, you know our biggest involvement yet. Uh, each year we sort of ramp up and and plan more. It's hard to believe that it's already coming. Uh, it's almost <laughs> January seventh again. Uh, seems like it was about a month ago, uh, but. Yeah, we were uh, gearing up for some fun giveaways, contests, uh, interaction with fans, some surprises uh, we always like to throw in there. Uh, the first year, you know, we didn't know what to really expect. Right. And it sort of blew away our expectations. We had we reached out to some teams in advance and um, probably sort of compiled a big database of teams before that, and we thought, okay, this would be the best route to... To promote it, and a lot of the teams said, "Oh, thanks for the, you know, information. We probably won't be doing anything, but, um, you know, we'll keep it in mind for next year." Right. um, You know, yeah, it sounds interesting, but what for whatever reason they couldn't do it. We did have like 10 or 12 teams that said, "Yeah, well, thanks for sending it. We'll definitely post something." Uh, By I think noon or one o'clock, every. Almost every major league baseball team had posted about it, including all the ones that had said, "Oh, thanks for sending. You know, we, we're not going to do anything this year." So, but it sort of spread like wildfire. Is you know, I'm sure the teams were watching what watch what other teams post. Right. Everybody was posting about it, and it just sort of, uh, you know, grew up a ton of steam as the day went on. Major league baseball posted a vine by the afternoon that had every team's bobblehead. Um, so it really caught on. Uh, last year was the number one trending topic on Twitter for a good portion of the day. So it was um, pretty exciting to see from just an idea to create a day for it. Right. To, you know, two years later that it could you know, grow into what it did.
1: And is there um, a sp- any really like exciting. historical factor to January 7th or, you know, h- how did you choose January 7th?
2: Yeah, there wasn't really, uh, there isn't. There's not really any day. I guess the one day that could be associated more heavily with bobbleheads would be May 9th, uh, which was when the first Major League Baseball bobblehead giveaway was. Mm. Um, but there's not really any uh, significant to this. We thought, you know, in the new year, uh, we could look back at the bobbleheads that were given away last year and then also look forward at the bobbleheads being given away mm-hmm. uh, in the coming year, which is a good opportunity. And, Teams have sort of embraced that, because um, I'll talk about, you know, they'll give away bobbleheads from the past year on National Bobblehead Day, and a lot of times they'll reveal bobbleheads for the future year, okay. um, or pictures of the bobbleheads, because the timing just works out pretty well for that. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, and it's also, that you know, the New Year people are, uh, you know, taking, they'll take pictures of their collections, or bobblehead, their favorite bobbleheads from the past year. Um, uh, so I think, you know, it's a, it's a overall good date for it.
1: And how many, um, do you and Brad have in your total collection right
2: now? Um, uh, so right now it's approaching 6,000. Wow. Uh, we may be at that number. We've fallen a bit behind and, uh, chronically and as they mm-hmm. come in, I mean, we have them all in boxes and tagged and so forth so we can, uh, you know, know the origin and everything. Right. Um, uh, we have some. They just keep piling up. They keep coming in <laughs> uh, from people all over the country who are sending them in.
1: And do you take uh, them out of the box? Oh, like,
2: do you keep sorry, them? In, do you
1: um, take them out of the box? Are you are you one of those collectors that you know will will take them out and look at them, or do you leave them in the box pristine?
2: Oh yeah, so definitely uh, for people to enjoy them at the Hall of Fame Museum, they have they're out of the box. Okay. Uh, we do just in our preview exhibit, and when we have the Hall of Fame Museum, we'll display. A lot of the boxes, or display some of them with the boxes. Okay. Uh, there are some of the pop culture Bible heads, uh, primarily the ones made by a company called Funko,
3: mm-hmm.
2: which is uh, sort of an iconic uh, company that has a large following. They make a lot of the Simpsons and Star mm-hmm. Wars and um, iconic characters from the past, like the serial characters, like uh, the Trick's Bunny and right. Uh, you know some of those. Those are made, sort of made to be displayed in the box uh, just because the boxes are sort of, they have the see-through window and have, right. uh, are, the packaging is really nicely designed. Um, so those we did display in the box and uh, we'll probably have some in and some out okay. just so people can get a good feel. But yeah, we, I mean, for people to enjoy them, uh, you really have to have them out of their box.
1: And finally, you know, what is the hottest bobblehead on the market for a collector right now?
2: Um, so the hottest one on the on the market. I mean, the Home Alone ones are. I think, especially once they sell out, sure, people are gonna panic a bit, and um, you know, once they're gone, they're gone. But um, other than that, I would say, you know, when bobbleheads are given away at uh, at a game, you know, people sort of scramble to get them especially if they're not in that area Mm -hmm. um so like when the warriors give out a bobblehead in california uh there's warrior fans all over the country right and so they'll scramble to get it and it sort of goes in sort of cycles or periods where you know that bobblehead will be the hottest one and then uh you know the knicks will give one out and then that sort of turns to be the hottest one. Okay. Uh, so I would say, you know, some of the hottest ones are the ones that are given away uh, at the games that are in limited supply and that fans in one region want but can't get because they're not going to, you know, fly from right. North to <laughs> California to, to go to the game and get the Bobblehead, so they'll <laughs> turn to eBay or, uh, you know, the Bobblehead Addicts group to try to source one for their collection.
1: Awesome. Well, it was so great to talk to you, Phil. Thank you so much. We're really excited. Yeah, thank you,
2: Nikki. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. If you ever have, or if you have any other questions, follow up questions, you can feel free to email or give me a call. Whatever works best for you.
1: Okay. Super. Thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Have a great rest of your week and happy holidays.
2: Thank you. You too. All right. Bye bye. Yeah. Bye.
1: So that was my interview with Phil from the Bobblehead Hall of Fame and Museum.
0: Who would have thought there would be so much information on bobbleheads?
1: I know, right? Like, it's just (laughs) cool. But, like, I love, and, like, that's what I love. I love talking about people who are passionate about something that's, like, not the norm. You know what I mean? Like, right.
0: You you know what it is? It's like when I was listening to the interview, I was thinking of it like this. Um, You know, like, when we're just sitting here, like, late nights sometimes, flipping through the channels, and then all of a sudden we'll come across, like, This is how dots are made. Like those candy that are on the the paper that you rip off. Oh, my
1: God. I used to love them.
0: And it'll just be like a show on like how that candy is made. Yeah. Like unwrapped. Yeah. Yeah. And you just sit here and you like watch like, man, I would have never have guessed there is a machine to make those things. That's kind of the vibe I was getting while I was listening to this interview because I didn't realize... Because who the hell thinks about it, man? You go to a sports thing, you get handed a bobblehead. You're not thinking about, like...
1: Where it came from. Where it came
0: from and the production of it and, like, you know... And
1: how, you know, and how limited edition it may be. And, you know, like he said, like, a lot of the sports ones, like, are the ones that go for, like, a lot of money. Because you think about the people that are fans, like, like he specifically said, like, the NBA, like, fans of, like, the Golden State Warriors, you know... If I'm living in New York, chances are I don't get to go to a game, like a home game where I could get a bobblehead of what is it, Steph Curry? Is he like the guy for Golden You're State? You were asking me about basketball. I don't know. Yeah. So I you know, so those things go for a lot of money because fans who can't go to the home games will pay because like f- sports fans I think are among like the most rabid fan base out there.
0: Yeah. You know, like yeah, as definitely. annoying as they may be. No, I was going to say because you know what I they do it when they release bobbleheads for sports fans, and and I don't, I don't know exactly what the process is like. How they pick out like who gets a bobblehead mm-hmm. made of who, you know, like wh- whoever's on your team that's like your all star, that's automatic. He yeah, sure. One. But you might have a favorite player who's not an all star, and now, you know.
1: And if they have some random night for him by some, you know.
0: Right. Like, we had that chance with Matty Marts. Yeah. When, when he had his bobblehead night, and it was kind of like, holy cow. And it's like, he's not like, he's he's a popular player because what he does for the community mm-hmm. and the way he plays. And but how he plays, not like yeah. he's like a huge goal scorer. He's not like the guy who's on the highlight reel all the time. He's just like an all-around good guy for the most part. Right. And it's kind of like. It's great when somebody like that gets a bobblehead. Yeah, but but... if you're
1: an Islander fan who lives in, like, you know, Minnesota or something, like, you're not going to get access to that. So, like...
0: Unless you want to buy mine, but it's going to be expensive. (laughs) 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 So, I mean, it it was very neat to, like, find out. I would have liked to have known how they picked, um, you know, the things. I feel like sports are a little bit easier because, like, in a hockey season, there might be, like five bobbleheads per team maybe during the course of an 80-game season. So there's not like a ton of them that are getting Sure, it. yeah. But like, you know, you look at some of the movies that come out. Mm-hmm. Like, let's look at just like Star Wars. they will yeah. have like six for each movie. And now there's like seven movies out. So you like, if you want to collect every bobblehead... You're gonna yeah. spend a ton of money doing it. Where sports are just so much easier. You go to a game, you pick it up.
1: And- yeah, exactly. Because they do give it away for free. So I mean, like, it was just really cool to like hear how passionate he was, and like that this is like his real, like this is his real job now, you know. And I really hope that like someday, you know, Milwaukee gets its bobblehead Hall of Fame.
0: It makes me very jealous that this is his real job <laughs> because <laughs> I know. he's passionate about it. He loves doing it. He loves talking about it. He seemed like, you know, just. Just, like, a genuinely nice guy who is just, like, so proud to be talking about his products where, you know, you and I come home from work and it's like, how's your day? I don't want to talk about it. Good. Yeah, where he's, like, going, I want to get on a show and talk about my products yeah. where you and I are just like, I don't want to talk about anything that has yeah. to do with my regular day job.
1: <laughs> no and it's yeah it was really really cool and i if you guys should definitely definitely check out the bobbleheadhall.com and be sure to check out the first ever um home alone bobbleheads they look really really cool and they're available right on their website but you got to get them while they're getting's good
0: yeah man because they are limited edition and think of it as an investment because it could be a good
1: investment could be and don't get left behind get it get it don't get left behind
0: yeah good one did you write that in the google doc
1: no i just came up with it at the top I of my know head i
0: would have erased it so that was very good nikki it was thank very you. well
1: thank you i enjoyed it very well done
0: um so what do you think you want to go into a roly Poly rorty
1: oh please let's let's let you keep talking <laughs> no.
0: what shall i even talk about this week
1: well how did you oh
0: oh how did I do for Thanksgiving <laughs> let's roll the music and then get into that on the other side
1: oh my god we're all over the rails on this right now all right okay so just very briefly because like it's already over and done with but I since know. you didn't write an article last week how was? Thanksgiving as Um, a bariatric person. Oh, shit. There was no Thanksgiving. (laughs) That's right. Never mind. Thanksgiving consisted of four
0: shrimp, a crab (laughs) stick, and I believe one wonton before I was like, I'm going to really, really get sick now because I ate way too much
1: tonight. Because like (laughs) the cockroaches, when (laughs) when all else fails in NYC, Chinese food will deliver every day of the year.
0: (laughs) Pretty much, and thank God for it because it's not like we had food in the house.
1: No, we didn't, because we were, you know, we were anticipating going to Long Island for the holiday. Um, I unfortunately ruined our Thanksgiving because of some health issues, so we ended up staying home. And but it wasn't bad though. Like I needed it. Like I needed the rest that you know that gave us, and I think we just needed to just. Yeah. And Encompass ourselves on the couch and just chill.
0: And it was good because, you know, it's so weird, man. Like, being back at work now because I had five weeks off from work. Mm-hmm. And I have to keep reminding myself, like, my schedule is not sitting on the couch anymore. It's hard to do it. But
1: you've been back for a couple of weeks now. Is it's it still that much weeks. of a problem? It's still,
0: it's, no, no, it's been three weeks. But come, you know, that Thanksgiving Eve when it was getting time to go, I was like, oh, my God, I'm like dying for a day off. Like, yeah. it's still like just getting used to like going out in the subway to people. And, you know, it's such it's not like it was when I left. When I left, you know, at the end of September, and, and left work, mm-hmm. there wasn't nearly as many people on the streets as there are now because of the holiday season and right. working a block away from the tree. So it's like trying to get used to the grind, but with double the amount of people and like yeah. everything is taking twice as long. But, um, you know, so when that break came, it was like, I'm so thankful that there's a break. That's what I'm thankful for, that there's, just, <laughs> you know, an extra two days off this week just to like get back in the swing of things, hopefully. And when you couldn't make it, it was like, it's fine, man. I don't really want to do anything anyway right now. Yeah. Like, so it didn't, you know, it was like no big So you big didn't feel deal.
1: like you missed out on like.
0: No, it, no. I mean, it would have been good to see the kids. Of that course. Was about yeah, it. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I know I'll get to see them anyway, so it doesn't really make yeah. a difference. But it's just, you know, it's fine. Um,
1: How else has Eden been going for, for you? Like, you know, at work. Good,
0: but, you know, it's weird because, you know, you and I were discussing this before. So far today, and I mean, you know, like right now it's almost 7 o'clock at night. I had uh, a berry smoothie with protein in it. And I had, uh, like, what was the other thing? I had a protein, a protein bar. bar. And that was it. And it seems like I'm not eating a lot. And I'm, you know, it's because right. I'm not chewing a lot. But the smoothie is very, very filling. Like, if I have that smoothie... I brought, like you know today I it into work. I I start drinking it at nine thirty in the morning. I don't finish it until like eleven thirty in the, in the afternoon. I'm not hungry at all until like probably around three. Yeah. And then I have that protein bar, and that protein bar was so filling. By the time I got done with it, I'm like, I'm not. What flavor was it? Peanut butter, but you would never know it because it tasted like chalk. Was it? Gross? It was very weird tasting. It was mm. just a strange consistency and a strange taste. I mean. You where know, did you get it? Um, I had it delivered last night when I had my show. Oh, it was
1: one of the... Oh, I love those things. So, I saw it on the counter. It was I think they're like Think Thin or something like yeah, that. Yeah,
0: Think Thin bars. Oh, yeah, I, I liked them. You didn't I like mean, them? I mean, it wasn't it wasn't bad, but I mean, you know, I, I'm used to like having the awful shit usually. <laughs> like, you know, it's not like one of those Quaker Oats, like soft and sure, chewy ones where...
1: sure. And speaking of the awful shit... why don't you take a little bit of time and talk about the new contraption that sits on our counter
0: yes um in doing the research like i always do for bariatric you know the bariatric groups and stuff Mm -hmm. like that i'm always constantly like you know what can i add to the diet, what shouldn't I be eating, what's, everybody what's making up me to? sick, you know, like because every time I'm like, I'm like, going, ah, my stomach kind of hurts. I'm like, going, let me look on the group and see if there's something that I missed that I shouldn't have been eating that, you know, whatever. In the meantime, though, I'm always constantly looking just for like new ideas. And this craze has started and it really literally only started within like the last two or three weeks where everyone is talking about air fryers. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why all of a sudden because, I mean, I feel like they've been around longer than two weeks. But, I mean, yeah. in the last two weeks, people have been talking a lot about it. So, um, on Black Friday, we picked up an air fryer. We did. And, um, mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. Ridiculous.
1: Blowing. Like, I can't even. Like, the whole time you we were talking about this, I was like, oh, my God. What are you talking about? Like.
0: Yeah, you're like, please, just, Because you know. it's
1: just, like, I didn't think that, like, you know, it has the word fryer in it. How could it be good? You know? Like, how how is it good for you? And I don't understand how it is, but it's like 80% less fat than like normal fried foods. And calories. And calories, yeah.
0: Because there's no oil. You don't use any oil in it. And, you know, my my thought on it was not even like the health aspect so much as much as it's like, oh, it's a deep fryer. It's like, going, all right, well, let's get it. And it's like it's an air deep fryer. So, so far we have tried things, Coconut shrimp. Coconut shrimp pizza bites um, tater tots and we made our own potato chips we
1: did make our own potato chips
0: everything comes out as if it was dunked in oil. Like it is so crispy. But when and you touch so it, like you good. don't
1: get that like greasy thing. Like you don't there's get no greasy grease. fingers. It's perfectly crispy and like it tastes so good. Like it was like the best coconut shrimp I've ever had. Like even in a restaurant, like even from a restaurant, it was so good.
0: Yeah, because there's no extra, because it's, it's the flavor yeah. of the food as opposed to the flavor of the oil exactly. or the dirty oil. Exactly. Course. You know, as we know, especially living in this neighborhood, with the amount of deliveries we get, it's not always clean oil that <laughs> right, you're going to yeah. get it from. So sometimes you might get mozzarella sticks that might taste like fried calamari. It's just what it <laughs> is because it depends on what they put in it. This you just put whatever you want in it. It has a separator, so I mean you
1: could put like two different mozzarella things sticks in there, calamari yeah. in
0: it, and it's not gonna. Like, like you could other.
1: make like you know they but they have like Stromboli and like they, it came with this like as seen on TV because I'm a sucker for anything like as seen on TV and if there was like an infomercial like a 24 hour infomercial channel that would be what I would That's watch ninety percent of the time no like I. Mm. That's too much. QVC is too much for me.
0: It's too. It's too staged, as opposed is, to just yeah. like somebody setting up a little table. Like some with guy a blue going. Curtain.
1: Yeah, and like some <laughs> guy going crazy about like this pan or this fryer, and like sure as shit when you put it in the cart at Target, I was like, oh my god, I'm like that's a guy that I've watched like a couple hours of his print commercials.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, would seriously if you had to describe it to somebody, would you really be able to? be able to describe like what comes out of that thing no because no. you have to see it in order to like yeah. believe it because it is unreal tyler last night comes home from school and was like oh man i forgot we have pizza bites because i totally would have had pizza bites tonight they were the best pizza bites i ever had in my life <laughs> and and i was like you know what i'm like maybe because you put them in the oven it's the same thing with french And they get fries. soggy, yeah. yeah. Like,
1: no matter what you do, like, unless you deep fry them, which is disgusting and stinks up your entire house.
0: No smell. Yeah,
1: there's no smell. Like, they're just... And it takes like half the time. Like it is so mind-boggling to me.
0: I feel like everything is eight minutes.
1: Yeah, like everything is like eight minutes. Like it's, it's like
0: everything is. Eight and like you minutes bite into
1: them, and it's just like crunch. And this is the first crunchy food that you've had. Like you've, even though you've been on like real food for the past couple weeks, you haven't really had anything right. crunchy. Like
0: right, and and it's weird because I mean. I'm able to eat the crunchy food now, like you said. But, I mean, it's just we never really get to crunchy food because it's always like if we order something crunchy to have it delivered here, by the time it gets here, it's never crunchy. So it's like I'm not going to order it just for the sake of ordering it. Right, I mean, you know, I had soup, I think, twice so far. And, you know, I could have put crackers in it, but – the end of the day the soup was so good i was like i don't want to put yeah and there. like so, are you,
1: so do you find that you know you're appreciating food more
0: um i'm finding out what i can live without and what i can't live without because so, it, it's such a small quantity
1: so what do you feel like you can't live without
0: the whole wheat pizza that we found like that oh has God. been amazing. Oh, don't, why amazing. did you even
1: mention it?
0: <laughs> so that has been mind blowing, and it's so good. And it's a person. It's almost it's a little bigger than a personal size. I can have like a slice of it, and mm-hmm. I'm like so freaking full off of it. But I mean, and it
1: comes nothing crispy it at all. It's like a pizza cracker, which we've talked and we have talked right. about that. Like as soon as I said that, I was like, oh yeah, we have talked about this yeah. pizza. So, so is there something that you miss? Like is there something that you can't have that you you miss?
0: You know, not really, because I can pretty much have anything at this point mm-hmm. in time. Um, you know, like the Halo Top we were so on to, like in the beginning, my mom was like saying, Oh, I'm gonna get it for the holidays and stuff like that. She gets it and it's kinda like, All right, you got it, but if I have to choose between having Thanksgiving dinner, like you know, which well, you didn't get to have thing. anyway. Yeah, but I'm saying <laughs> like if, if I f if, if let's say it worked out where I was And I can have a bite of each thing at the table or I can have like four tablespoons of, you know, chocolate ice cream.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. I'm not going to pick the chocolate ice cream. In the past, I would have said I have to finish my meal with ice cream because I love ice cream. Now it's kind of like you have to pick and choose without it because, you know, I'd rather have the other stuff. And it's, you know, so you do kind of understand like what you can live without. That's awesome.
1: So, and yeah. have you weighed yourself? Like, where are we on the scale?
0: Um, the last time I weighed myself, I was down 61 pounds um, from surgery. And that was last week. And I did purposely didn't weigh myself this week yet because I did start running. And I have run five out of the last seven days.
1: Which is amazing.
0: And, yeah, it's it's it was from an app which has been... The most incredible thing, because so far there's really not been any real, real pain. Soreness, like, you know, you're going to get. But, I mean, you know, for the most part. And what app is it? Um, What app is it? Oh, let me tell you right now. Is it not
1: in the Google Doc?
0: It's certainly not in the Google Doc. (laughs) But I do have it open. So it is called 5K Runner, is what the app is called. And in eight weeks, you'll be able to run a... 5K race. Wait,
1: eight weeks? I thought you said eight days. I
0: did originally say eight days, which <laughs> is why I downloaded it because I was like in eight days. But here's the thing with it. It says eight weeks, right? Yeah. And it automatically assumes you're going to take days off. Right. I didn't. So like the first two weeks, I'm done with the first two weeks because it it's, comes with three workouts a week. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's like every other day or every two days you do Right,
1: yeah, because you did a couple days in a row when you were like, oh, I'm not supposed to do that.
0: Yeah, I did four days in a row or three days in a row, and then I did a day off, a day on, a day off, a day on.
1: But that, like, to you is natural because you used to run when you were younger, so, like...
0: Yeah, but I was 100 pounds less when I was younger, too, so it was a lot easier than now. uh,
1: Well, sure, but, like, you know, you still have, like, even when you tried running, like, a couple years ago, you know, you... Picked that like gate up, that beautiful gate that I remember talking about a couple weeks ago. You know, like you picked that up again like you that doesn't leave you. It's like, you know, riding a bike, like running like that and like how you because you've already conditioned yourself. You're not like, you know, if I was going to start running, I'd be like,
0: (laughs) I was still like that a little bit. But the app makes it easier because the way it works is it's like you run for a minute, then you Mm -hmm. walk for a minute. So, just as you're starting, like you'll get tired in a minute, but you're not going to be exhausted. So, at the end of a minute, you're like, okay, I'm tired. But now you have a minute to recover. And in a minute, you're like, I'm 100% fine. And I know that it's only a minute that I got to run for. So, what's the big deal? I could suck it up for a minute. Anybody could suck it up for a minute. And then, you know, you do two days of that workout, and then the time changes a little bit, and Mm -hmm. the length changes a little bit. And then. You know, before you know it, you're like going, all right, this is great. Like Like
1: I just ran two miles, which is something I've never been able to do. Yeah.
0: Well, that was the other night. The other night, like, you know, the first night that I ran, um, it's not distance. It's just all time wise. But the Apple Watch will tell you how far you've gone through using this app. So like the first night it was like, oh, okay, you've run a little bit over a mile and then you know, by the night number four, it was like, man, I ran two miles. And it's like, oh, and I just doubled the amount I'm running now without even realizing it because it's just slow increments.
1: Well, that's awesome. I'm yeah. very proud of you.
0: Thank you very much.
1: And you bought a new jacket.
0: And I, I bought a new jacket that I fit into, which is ridiculous. You
1: I... were so just like you could tell you were like, I don't want to try it on. I don't want to try it on. And then like you put it on and it is this beautiful like is it velvet
0: Um, or like velour I think it's like velour
1: it's like a blue velour blazer and it looks so amazing
0: yeah there'll be pictures of it at some point I'm sure (laughs) because I'll be showing that off
1: you will but
0: it was weird you know because I mean when do I walk into a store and pick something off a rack and I'm like I I can actually fit into it you know usually I'd go to the section where it'd be like you know for two dollars more you can get xx (laughs) Uh, you know, X, X, right, sure, yeah. and, and 4 And it's kind of like, that's where I would usually do my shopping. Where now, it's kind of like I walk up to a rack, and I look at the stuff, and I'm like, oh, one day, and I You're took it damn off close, the hanger. Yeah. I took it off the hanger and put it on. I was like, shit, that one day is actually today. Yeah. You know? So I think I dropped three jacket sizes since the yeah. last jacket that I bought.
3: Yeah.
1: And,
0: you know, I went from a 3X in a shirt down to a 1X in a shirt. So and I mean, just... Two months. Like
1: two months. Two months. Yeah. Two months to the day. Like two months to the day. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Two months
0: today, and I went down like that much. So I mean, it's all working, but I mean, I still got to keep it in my head. Don't fill up on pizza bites. <laughs> like if you're gonna have something, like do do the shrimp. Coconut shrimp isn't as bad. If it's because no there's oil a little. There's it.
1: more protein in that because there's right. still like a shrimps in there. But it's hard to pass up the pizza bites. No <laughs> They're all good. Yeah.
0: So, and that's it,
1: I think, for this week's roly poly
0: Rody. unless there's something I missed.
1: Yeah, I think that's it.
0: Outro music. Ah, boy.
1: Well, I think we should just get right into a, uh, did you know, right?
0: Yeah, why not jump from one theme music into another theme Absolutely. music? Absolutely. And just get this show on the road.
1: And just let Tom keep on talking.
0: Would you want to do it? You have it. You have it right in front of you because you have the, Duke, the Google Docs No, open. it's
1: not my segment, man. You
0: just want to make fun of me for I do. pronouncing <laughs> names. All right, that's fine. I don't really care one way or the other. <laughs> did you know? Did you know that the first recorded bobbleheads were made in the 1760s?
1: I did not know that
0: you did though because you researched uh, you were talking to the guy <laughs> I'm but most to be people nice. wouldn't though i'm
1: trying to be nice
0: Huh. chinese nodding head figures are documented in england and continental europe as early as the 1760s and 1770s and johann zoffanis zoffanis
1: i think so all right i don't know him i don't know that bitch
0: Famous portrait (laughs) depicting Queen Charlotte and her dressing room at Buckingham Palace, painted in 1765, shows two such figures in the background. Nottinghead figures were imported into England, Europe, and America from Canton in large numbers from the 1780s. The great interest in these figures in England is derived in large part from the personal taste of Prince of Wales, later George IV, during the late 18th and 19th centuries. The prince's interest in Chinese decoration was first expressed in his Chinese drawing room (laughs) at Carlton House. However, his sudden inspiration to achieve an oriental interior at Brighton Pavilion was prompted in 1802. You don't say. No, I don't. (laughs) But Wikipedia does. Mm -hmm. The final achievement of an ornate Palace of what?
1: fantastic, fantastical
0: look. proportions and erotic furnishings,
1: <laughs> exotic furnishings.
0: But it could be erotic. It could
1: be erotic.
0: You don't know what goes on in those palaces. <laughs> like you've been to a palace, all well, right? I have been. What palace? Okay. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> um,
1: we we left off at erotic furnishings. <laughs>
0: yes, was due to the combined efforts of. The prince himself and his principal designer, John M. Frederick, Frederick, Krace. <laughs> go get bent over this over this type were prominently displayed in corridors of the pavilion. <laughs> Whatever. This circa 1800 pair of painted plastered nodding head figures of a
1: Mandarin. <laughs>
0: Mandarin. Mandarin, like an orange. Like an orange.
1: What were you going to say? Well,
0: I was just thinking about it. I was like, because I know there's a word that I'm not allowed to say. And I won't say it because I know you'll give me the eyes and throw your hands up and have like a little tantrum. It's an Asian word for a man.
1: Yeah, I know. Don't.
0: But I never knew that that was a bad word. Did anyone know that Chinaman was a bad word?
1: Yeah, I think a <laughs> lot of people know that China-man, Chinaman is a bad word. Chinaman, dude, it's in the AP style book as "do not ever use this word." That doesn't make any sense to me.
0: It's like white guy. It's like white guy doesn't bother me. Every time I walk from the train station, I get the guy yelling "white boy" at me. Anyway, I feel like that's go back to the Mandarin. His wife. Right. I feel like Mandarin sounds kind of like bad. Too. I don't know. It's I feel not. like that sounds. All right. I get it that it's not because it's written here, but whatever. All right. So, the Mandarin and his wife, each with outstretched hands and in floral and gilt-heightened robes. (laughs) Is that right? All right. So, don't laugh about it, then. Mounted on ladder, parcel, gilt, and simulated marble wood bases. Okay. It's five and a quarter inches in height. And overall,
1: 15, it's 40, it's 40 centimeters high,
0: high. high. it's not that big.
1: (laughs) It sold
0: in May, 2010
1: for (laughs) $35,925. No shit. Bullshit.
0: No, No, man, that's the truth. So if there's a lesson to be learned, get your Macaulay Culkin now because it could be worth almost $40,000 in you know it might be 200 300 years from now who knows <laughs> it
1: might be and there's only 5,000 of Kevin and 3,000 of Harry and Marv bobbleheads so you better get them while they're hot
0: that's right and that is this week's did you know
1: <laughs>
0: did you
1: know So once again, we want to say thank you to Phil Sklar from the National Bobblehead Hall of Fame and Museum. Um, You know, you could check him out at bobbleheadhall.com. And, you know, we really hope that, you know, Milwaukee gets this Hall of Fame that I think a lot of people will really enjoy seeing. So thanks so much for talking to the High Regard show. And
0: I'm out. Yeah. And like if it's in Milwaukee, will it be an old Milwaukee or new Milwaukee? And what's the difference between the two?
1: I don't know. But did you know that Milwaukee is Algonquin for the the good land?
0: Yes, because I too saw Wayne's World. <laughs> <laughs> everything
1: I learned about everything I know about Milwaukee I learned from watching Wayne's I feel World. Feel like
0: everything you know about everything is from what you learned <laughs> of watching Wayne's World. All right, everybody. If you'd like to learn more about the High regard show, check out highregardshow.com and if you want to send us any email, please feel free to do so at HighregardShow at gmail.com.
1: And you could always find us on social media at High Regard Show, where we share quotes and all sorts of goodness. All that jazz. <laughs> jazz hands.
0: Thank you so much for joining us again this week. We'll be back again next week with a whole new show.
1: It's a very big show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good night, everybody.
1: Bye. <laughs>